Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. Let's take tech in the right direction to drive social change and close the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. This podcast is focused on helping turn ideas into action and create opportunities for women to advance in the dynamic technology industry. I hope this podcast will inspire and motivate you to encourage more women and girls to seek or grow a career as a woman in technology. Stories about the journey of amazing women in the tech field starts right now. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction, the podcast. This week, I'll be speaking with Evelyn Sheehan. Evelyn is the Director of Business Programs in the Azure Cloud and AI domain at Microsoft. She has a background in technology, business management, and marketing. Evelyn has a wide range of corporate and field experience and has worked in sales enablement programs developed to drive multi-million dollar deals. Evelyn holds a Master's of Business Administration from Smurfit Business College, University College, Dublin, Ireland. She loves learning, change management, how to motivate people to change, creativity, and ideation. Welcome to the show, Evelyn. I'm so excited to have you back. Thank you very much, Jennifer. It's fun to be here. Okay, let's get started. So as a woman in tech, can you share with us your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Absolutely. Um, I started out doing desktop publishing for computer manuals um, back in the day. And I did my MBA part-time when I was working full-time as a project manager. And since then, I've had um, a variety of different roles at Microsoft across marketing, business management, and sales enablement. And it's been a great adventure so far. And during the past couple of years, I've been making more time for mentoring. Um, you know, throughout my career, I've been very fortunate with my managers and mentors who have helped me along the way. So I really would like to, you know, try to contribute to others um, now as they progress in their careers also. That's great. That's so nice to give back. I think, you know, we all should take time to to be grateful. And in order to be grateful, you also have to give back, I think. So that's that's so great that you're doing that. So, you know, our podcast is focused on bridging the employment, pay, and culture gap for women in technology. What are you seeing today in the industry? So last week, uh, Microsoft released its annual diversity and inclusion report, and mm -hmm. the numbers um, for women and minorities are inching up um, upwards uh, slowly as a percentage of the total population. So it's progress, but it's it's slow progress. Mm -hmm. um, Right now, women make up about sort of between 20, 29 and 30% of the full-time employees of Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And the numbers for racially diverse employees are, are quite a bit lower. Mm -hmm. um, then in terms of pay equality, um, our human resources organization has carried out various reviews over the past few years. And the pay is considered to be equal between genders, you know, based on levels and that sort of thing. Um, some of the women, uh, I've been on a, an email thread recently, and some of the women at Microsoft are concerned about sort of fairness around promotion velocity and associated um, increases in compensation. Mm -hmm. So this is all, to me, it seems all quite difficult to measure, 
And right. I guess I, I see it as a journey where managers need to be vigilant about whether it's unconscious bias or biases that are easy to hide, you know. So I just sort of sort of feel optimistic that things will gradually get better, hopefully. Mm -hmm. I think Microsoft is doing an amazing job with um, really focusing on diversity and inclusion just as a whole. Um, I see a lot of uh, steps have been made in that direction. I know we have a long way to go, you know, as an industry, but uh, it's, I'm really grateful to see what Microsoft is doing. Um, and, you know, we we have unconscious bias and we talk about this all the time. It's so important to realize what your biases are because sometimes they appear and you don't even know that that's an unconscious bias. Yes, yes, absolutely. You know? So, you know, why is it so important for organizations to implement a DEI strategy? I know uh, Microsoft talks about it with diversity and inclusion right now, but we're also seeing diversity, equity, and inclusion being, you know, a trend. So what mm -hmm. impact does that have on employees uh, and their overall communities? Yes. Um, so in relation to diversity um, and inclusion, um, our CEO at Microsoft, Satya Nadella, says that when, when we talk about empowering every person and every organization on their planet to achieve more, um, he sees that the diversity and inclusion is core to how we pursue our mission as a company. Mm -hmm. And he basically, he puts it that he says, we simply cannot succeed in our business without, you know, being diverse and inclusive. And if we want to empower the world, we must represent the world within the company. Mm -hmm. So I find our CEO to be very inspiring, you know, so I think he's been very good for the culture um, at the company. Um, I have did a, a training course recently around the topic of allyship and as a broader topic, um, according to McKinsey research, um, they had uh, some research around the topic of microaggressions. And this is sort of, this means, you know, if you're in a situation where your judgment's being questioned or you're being interrupted or spoken over or, mm -hmm. you know, generalizations being made about people like you, you know, with the, the you know, whoever you are in the, the mm -hmm. minority, um, these microaggressions in general in a professional settings are more likely to be experienced by women than by men, mm -hmm. but also even more so um, for women of color, women with disabilities, and uh, in, and also as well for women who, who come from the LGBTQ plus community. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important, like I think it's 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 very, some of these situations are very sensitive, and I think that it's important to sort of have an understanding of how you could possibly jump in and, and provide allyship and support in these kind of not clear cut settings, you know, because it's, you know, the training that I talked, they talked about being an ally to some versus an ally to all. And mm -hmm. I guess it's important not to demonize somebody who, you know, has made a mistake or out of ignorance or, you know, maybe just sort of unconscious, you know, mm -hmm. bias mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and so I think that um, so the, the course that I've taken has been really helpful. It's sort of um, a series of self-paced uh, courses on different topics. And then we had a couple of virtual classroom trainings. And as part of the process, we had to do some pre-work, uh, like reading and responding to different scenarios. And it kind of forces you to think <laughs> 
about situations that mm -hmm. you wouldn't maybe normally sort of have to deal with or think about dealing with like situations where maybe somebody might be more senior and you might think they didn't treat somebody in the room well mm -hmm. then you know we had big discussions on our virtual classrooms about how to deal with these things and in some cases there's no right answer and in some cases people who are being we'll say discriminated against in some fashion or being slighted or whatever um sometimes people want to defend themselves they don't want to be sort of coddled and other people would prefer, you know, to have some support from the person who's not in the minority type of thing, you know. But I, I suppose ultimately it takes sort of courage and sort of self-reflection and practice to get it right. And yeah. th the advice they gave us on the on the training was if you make a mistake and you overstep or you do something that, you know, upsets people that you just apologize and try to get it right the next time, you know. So I think, uh, it, you know, it gave me a lot of, to think about. Yeah, you hit on a lot of really key areas. I love allyship because I think that's so important. And as actually part of my podcast, I've started a uh, different segment that calls that's called Mentors That Make a Difference, and it's men uh, for mentors. And mm -hmm. we need those allies in order to help us get to where we need to get to. And every everybody needs an ally, right? So us that all believe in allyship need to bind together so that we can really make a difference together. I think we can hit more uh, areas and make and scale to, to be able to make a difference. So I think allyship is key, like you said. And I love the, the part about if you make a mistake, just apologize. Because yes, we all have unconscious biases. Uh, we Sometimes we don't even know it it exists and it comes from maybe the neighborhood we grew in or how we were raised or, you know, what our parents told us. And it might not even be something we believe, but they're there. So yes. really, if they show up in a way that's not uh, professional or not right, we need to apologize. And, you know, we've been starting to have a lot of these open conversations. I think that's very important that mm -hmm. people should feel safe in saying, wow, I, I don't, I, I didn't know I had this and I don't like it, but I'm going to work on changing it, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's really interesting. So you took another course on creative thinking. So tell me more about what you learned and how you're implementing your skills. Absolutely. Um, so in the creative thinking course, it's part of um, a Microsoft customer facing skills initiative. And so there's like a series of different types of training that people who are actually direct customer uh, facing roles would, you know, would need. And I just as I signed up for a pilot for this program and uh, during the summer and it, uh, it took place recently. And so this was um, a combination of self-paced uh, MOOC content you know, mm -hmm. that I did in my own time. And then we had one virtual flipped classroom. And that was, it was a really excellent sort of energizing experience. And so the highlights were, um, we had some great facilitators and we used uh, Teams breakouts functionality to go from like a class of about 15 or so down to, you know, smaller groups. And I was lucky enough to be in a breakout with some people from the Netherlands and um, a woman living in Dublin as well. So that nice. was really fun for me. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, 
we did some specific exercises then using different idea generation frameworks and templates. And um, a couple of the frameworks that we used or templates was um, the ones that I liked the best were one was called uh, Alternative Worlds, and then there was one around uh, storyboarding. Mm-hmm. And basically what we had to do is we had to do a project in each of the breakout sessions using the different techniques um, to brainstorm ways of making uh, the time in airport security lines <laughs> less painful, <laughs> you know. So this was like something we'd all experienced a lot of and, you know, good discussions. Um, and so in the the alternative worlds, uh, the idea there is that you think about how another um, completely different industry might take you, you know approach the problem so if you think about like Disney like what would they do to make the security line better mm-hmm. or the Ritz Carlton hotel chain what would they do to make the end-to-end experience better mm-hmm. um, and one of the guys that was in the group with me uh, he came up with this idea of, of gamifying the, the security line and yeah. the, you know the idea is, is that you get to skip the line if you you know if you got enough points by you know either shopping at the airport or <laughs> you know traveling light or something so it was really fun you know That's so cool. we a good, yeah. a good laugh about that and the storyboarding then was the way we were able to use clip art um, really quickly just to visualize the solution you know this gamification so we could explain it to the rest of the class and uh, it was really fun end to end you know it was uh, like the whole it was it was maybe like a half day program and it was it went really fast you know you know sometimes you just sort of get distracted but this was I was engaged for the whole time <laughs> So it was That's very good. great. Oh, my gosh. I love this. <laughs> I love that you're thinking kind of outside of the box, really. You know, here's a problem that you need to solve and you need to solve it creatively. And the gamification is very cool, too. Just thinking outside of the box. I love it. I love Absolutely. it. Did you know that there is an increase in the number of women leaving the tech industry? As a woman-owned business, Directions Training has made it our mission and passion to change this statistic. That's why Jennifer created this podcast. We showcase insight from everyday women for everyday women in the tech industry. Do you know other people that would benefit from tuning in? Share the link and help us drive the advancement of women in the tech industry. Do you have a journey or know of someone that our listeners would benefit from hearing about? Reach out to us at directionstraining.com slash podcast. Don't forget to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and wherever you find your podcasts. Now, back to the show. Um, so recently you shared with me an incredible blog on the how of happiness. I was very intrigued. Um, so can you share with us some practices that contribute to inner happiness and peace? Because I think we're all looking for that, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. we make ourselves crazy. So what are some things that we can practice so that we can gain some inner happiness and peace? That's right. So I'm reading the book, The How of Happiness, and um, the, the the writer is Sonia, I think it's Luber Mirsky, and she's a researcher. So she's she kind of prides herself in being able to say these are scientifically proven things that, that we've done research on that will actually help you to sort of proactively and positively impact your happiness. And so she identified, uh, you know, 12 um, proven mm-hmm. ways you know, and so there's three that I picked today to tell you about that okay. I, I particularly liked. And so they're living in the moment, um, savoring joy and uh, avoiding comparisons with others. 
And living in the, the present moment is around the idea of, of flow, you know, trying to get really engaged in what you're doing and being disciplined about managing distractions and interruptions. And in this way, the theory is, is that you get to enjoy your life from moment to moment rather than sort of wishing your life away. And so being open to new and different experiences um, and kind of learning from everything that you go through is and staying in the moment, you know, staying present. Um, and then also noticing the things that, that that you're interested in, you know, the things that make you feel fully engaged. And so you find flow in different moments during the day. And at work also, um, one of the, the topics that's come up in a few different things that I've read was around the idea of, you know, seeing your contribution to the larger whole. So you find meaning in your day to day work as well, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so, you know, like the the idea of the, the person who's building a wall one guy is building a wall and the other guy is building a cathedral, you know, so, mm -hmm. so being sort of having a sense of being part of something bigger than ourselves. Um, with Savoring Joy, some of the tips were around, you know, I mean, and some of these are familiar, you know, relishing sort of the day to day experiences so that, you know, if, when you're eating that you really savor the taste. And mm -hmm. if you go for a walk, you, you, you know, feel the sunshine or the color of the fall leaves, you know, mm -hmm. um, and then things, the other things that I hadn't really thought about, which I think are really nice, are the idea of, you know, you're uh, replaying something lovely from the past that you really enjoyed. So, you know, maybe it's a memory of a, you know, a great trip to Italy, or it could be like, a, you know, this wonderful book you read or whatever. Um, and also you can savor with other people by talking to people about something that you did together and, you know, kind of reminiscing so mm -hmm. that you're kind of, you know, generating some joy, um, you know, by with your memory. And then simple things like, you know, if you, if you notice with your senses, things like the smell of fresh coffee or freshly baked bread or, you know, some lovely perfume or something, just sort of taking in the moment and being really, you know, savoring it. And I suppose also the the thing that is kind of a bit bittersweet, especially in these times, is that we need to be aware of the sort of transience of life and the importance of focusing on the good that's happening right now, you know, rather than kind of, you know, being distracted and living kind of half living our lives kind of thing. And then with social comparison, I feel like it's a good thing about getting older <laughs> that you are less likely to compare yourself to others mm -hmm. but you know there's a lot of news uh, you know in the headlines there's a lot of talk about um young people comparing their day-to-day -day lives with other people's perfect sort of instagram public mm -hmm. image you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so the research in this case shows that people are much happier if they pay less attention to kind of the superficial trappings around success and sort of think more about how they want to feel and achieve, you know, really focus on what they want for themselves rather than, you know, okay. unfairly comparing themselves, you know, to others. So, so all of that sort of stuff, I don't think any of it was sort of shocking to me, but it was some of it was kind of like if you deliberately, you know, remind yourself to experience and to think of these things that you're not you know, your, your life isn't flying past you, you know. You're, yeah, you're really understanding what makes you happy and then practicing it on a daily basis, which is so good. Um, I love, I love these three that you picked. Um, so as you're reading the book, can you share with us how you're practicing some of these things and if it's working or is it challenging? What are you feeling? It's very, um, 
very easy to be distracted, you know, between, mm -hmm. you know, with our computers and our phones. And um, I suppose there's a lot of bad news in the headlines as well. Mm -hmm. um, I try to, um, you know, I suppose sort of count my blessings and think about what's going well. Um, it is hard. It, it does take a lot of effort to be sort of mindful and present, you know, in the moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do try to, you know, sort of like if I walk my dog, I try to leave my phone at home. Luckily, mm -hmm. I don't have very good self reception around where we live mm -hmm. in the house. It's fine, you know. So it's sort of good in a way so just to leave the technology behind and, you know, try to pay attention to the, you know, the, 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 the you know, mm -hmm. the, the trees and all of that sort of stuff that's around us. That's good. So are you finding that um, you're actually making a deliberate choice, right? Which is great that you left your phone at home and you didn't take it. Um, and how does it feel? Well, it makes you feel sort of freer, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you it know, does. yeah. Like that you're just sort of, you have no, um, there was some um, meditation I heard recently and it says, you know, you have nowhere to go and nowhere to be so that you really are giving yourself up to whatever it is that you're doing <laughs> in, the, in the moment, you know, and mm -hmm. you know how seldom sometimes we do that sort of thing. Right. Um, so, so I try and sit and, you know, drink coffee. And if I'm during the summer, if I sit outside, just try and look at, you know, into the distance, look at the trees and, you know, just try to sort of relax rather than always looking at some device, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's hard though. <laughs> it is very hard. I mean, the other, the other night it was late too. And I said, you know what, I am going to watch a movie and mm -hmm. I am not going to have my phone. I'm going to go plug it in in the other room. And I can't tell you, I would say in those two hours, I went to look for my phone about 10 times because I was saying something to my husband and I'm like, oh, I'll look it up, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, there's no phone here. You don't have to be active all the time. <laughs> so it's, right. it's very, very hard, but I think we need to practice that. And I love the not a competition piece because, you know, social media has really made that a crazy world. I mean, just, you know, people competing with each other or looking at somebody else's life and say, oh, I need to do this or I need to do more of this. It just becomes uh, very stressful. So I think, you know, it, just to have a mindset that, you know, you're not, you are who you are, you're where you're meant to be and, you know, live that way, I think is great. If we can all, you know, kind of do it in baby steps. Exactly. I think that's the only way I'm, I feel like I could be successful, but the baby steps are important. So important. Yeah. So wellness is critical and especially for women because we take on everything and we don't take time for ourselves. So what do you do to manage stress um, in this time of change through the pandemic? And, you know, just the world is changing right now. We are in a different place than where we were two years ago. How do you manage your stress? Any tips and tricks or best practices? Um, absolutely. Um, so I was lucky when, when before COVID happened, like literally about two years ago, um, we moved to uh, further out the countryside. And, right. uh, you know, we have some space around our house. And so I walk um, with um, Bert, our dog, every day, and I, I find that really, you know, relaxing and, you know, being in nature. Um, 
it sort of puts you in a good mood and mm -hmm. it sort of helps you to kind of, I suppose, put things into perspective. You know, I feel like there was a lot of catastrophizing in the last couple of years, you know, um, but sometimes when you just look around and you think this is lovely and, you know, like life is good right now, whatever happens, you know, I guess I was pretty worried about, you know, people getting ill, like my family and that sort of thing. Um, but our dog is pretty, he's pretty entertaining. So he kind of makes me laugh, you know, and drags me into the bushes and stuff. <laughs> you have to be he careful. in a good mood. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so I think sort of staying in the present moment, which we touched on already, and, um, you know, you kind of unwind a bit. And uh, I, I've been reading about the idea of letting your subconscious coming up with ideas for you, like helping you to solve problems while you're focusing on something else. So that, that sounds kind of fun. Um, and I, I think we, you touched on it earlier about counting your blessings. Um, you know, I've been lucky in life and, you know, I'm able to work remotely. I didn't have any major upheaval, you know, when when mm -hmm. COVID hit really. So um, and, you know, good health and, and my family's healthy and all of that sort of thing. Um, I think social contact is very important. Mm -hmm. I have some, you know, good colleagues and, uh, you know, my family. I think it's really important to talk to people about the things that are bothering you. You know, I, I, it, it kind of upsets me to think about people having, you know, reached the end of the, their rope sort of thing mm -hmm. and yeah. feeling, you know, isolated or lonely. All of that sort of thing is very, it, it's it's very understandable, but it, it's sort of, um, it's sad, a shame. Yeah you know, mm -hmm. in this Very sort sad. of this day and age sort of thing. Um, I think that um, I've been practicing sort of deep breathing and that sort of thing. Um, like I was saying to you, I get nervous when I have to give presentations and, mm -hmm. you know, the breathing definitely helps. Mm -hmm. And also I've read um, uh, that, you know, if you say you're excited rather than nervous, right. <laughs> that you can trick your body into feeling <laughs> less stressed, you know. But um, but I, I don't have I, I don't have children. I, I think that uh, some women have had much tougher times than than I've had in the last couple of years because, mm -hmm. you know, some of my colleagues were, you know, teaching their or sort of homeschooling their young kids and stuff. And they were ready to, you know, explode sort of thing. So mm -hmm. I, I've been luckier. It's been a lot easier for me. Yeah, no, that's great. And I love the the different tips and tricks to manage stress because we all need ideas and we all need to do more of just relaxing, you know, because I think things will just happen in due time where sometimes we try to control everything. Yes. Yeah. So being a woman in tech, what challenges have you faced? And can you think of one or two that you've faced and how did you overcome them? Um, I think things have improved a lot um, mm -hmm. over the years since I started working. Um, sometimes in the past, you know, in the beginning, when I worked in Seattle first, um, it was tough being the only woman in the room, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, at times. And um, it, since then, um, a number of the teams that I've been on have been much more balanced uh, in the in terms of gender and diversity. Um, you know, when you and I met first, I was in the Worldwide Learning Organization, and I felt that was a good mix of, yes. you know, of um, of different types of people. So that mm -hmm. was, it's a more comfortable environment, I think. Um, also, I think as I've gotten a bit older, um, I've become more assertive. <laughs> If it's mm -hmm. necessary, you know, when you're dealing with somebody who doesn't listen or doesn't seem to be curious or doesn't invite input from everybody in the room, you know, like we've been talking about diversity. I think that um, 
diversity and diversity of thinking is vital for for good solutions to problems, yes. you know. No, that's great. And inclusion is so important. You know, sometimes we forget if somebody is always the person that's giving input and feedback, they're always the one that's talked to. And that there's so many other people who don't even get recognized. So through through the pandemic and um, you know, even before that, I really have focused on making sure everybody's included, everybody has a voice in meetings and in gatherings, because, you know, maybe they're not comfortable speaking, but maybe they could chat, maybe they could send an email mm -hmm. separately, and really thinking about it's really okay, you're, it's not bad if you're not the person that's giving feedback vocally, you know, you can do it many other ways, and it's still just as an important as important. So, yeah, very true. You're absolutely very right. True. So this is a fun one. How, what is your most favorite place that you've traveled to and why? This is really for me so I can get ideas. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. I am. Um, I haven't been to Ireland during the past couple of years because of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the number one place on my list of places to travel next. That's um, great. You know, in the meantime, I've been using FaceTime uh, to chat with my mom and the rest of my family. So mm -hmm. I'm very grateful for technology. Um, but I, I'm hoping to go to Ireland in uh, around Easter time in um, nice. 2022. Um, other places that I've been to that I've really enjoyed. Um, well, I like going to Europe, sort of generally speaking. Um, but uh, I suppose I'd love to sort of in the future go to Italy, like, you know, sort of like rent a house for a month or something mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. on my my list of things. Where where are you wanting to go next? Do you have any so plans? So I really want to go to Greece. And we had such a great trip planned um, 2020, but didn't happen. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I would love, you know, probably next year, late next year to try to plan something to go to Greece because I, you know, I love Europe like you. Um, I love Ireland. I've been there. I really loved it. The only thing I didn't do is go up in the countryside, which everybody said I needed to do to really see the beauty. And so I missed that. So next time I'm going to do that, definitely when I go to Ireland. And Italy is beautiful. I mean, I, I never thought of the concept of renting a house for a month, but I love that because that now that we can work from anywhere, right? <laughs> How fun would that be? That's right. So that's great. I love that. Well, well, when you go to Ireland, I'll give you um yes, I'll give you lots of tips. Yes. I will need them. I will I will reach out to you definitely. Um because I really do want to go to the countryside because we went to Dublin and we had a great time, loved the people, loved the food, loved everything about it. But you know, I think our trip was short and so we didn't go into the countryside. So next time that's on my list. Lovely. Yes. And then um, just Evelyn, this has been amazing. You know, I always love talking to you and any opportunity I can do to have you on as a guest. It's my pleasure to do so. So thank you. Thank you so much. It was an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, just in closing, any closing comments or advice do you have for our listeners? Well, these are very difficult times as we've been talking about, and I think it's really important for, for anybody listening to make sure you take really good care of yourself to manage your stress levels and your energy levels and to speak kindly to yourself, you know, to keep your spirits up. 
Um, I am optimistic that things will get better, you know, over time. And I think we just have to hang in there in the meantime. And I want to say thank you to you, Jennifer, and to you and your team for doing these podcasts. I'm sure that you're really helping a lot of people in a lot of different ways. I really enjoyed this conversation today. Thank you very much. Thank you. It was such a pleasure. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to Tech in the Right Direction. Please take a minute to subscribe or follow so that you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Thank you. See you next week. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training, Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum on-demand courses for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions.